Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot No, I just be listening to pods Yeah, one in particular I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use the take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean, dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What's going on, everybody? We are through week. Wait, no, wait. We're we're not through week twelve yet. We still have one more game, unfortunately, tomorrow afternoon, which we got news now. We were trying to figure out yesterday why that game was scheduled for uh, as early as it is. It's because uh, they don't want to mess with the Rockefeller tree lighting ceremony tomorrow night. So uh, now we know where everybody's priorities lie. Apparently, more people want to turn into the tree lighting ceremony than an NFL football game. Had a decent football game last night, at least for one team um, in Seattle. Uh, We'll talk about the Seattle Seahawks and the Philadelphia Eagles. Matt, how is your Tuesday going for you? It's going pretty good. I think it's more that NBC had already laid out a ton of money for live performers for the tree lighting, which Rockefeller Center is the home of NBC. It's their actual building and tree lighting. I feel like... They're, they were pretty flexible uh, to try to accommodate some other times until you went to Wednesday night Wednesday. when they had a, an event they couldn't move. But, you know, it works out for me now that we've moved to kind of a work-at-home phase here. I have a lot of uh, meetings, uh, video conference meetings in the afternoon, so I'll have my two-screen experience because uh, right about one thirty will be the kickoff here. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It'll be 2.30 my time, which will suck for like the first 40 minutes of it. Because, Well, not really, because I have to pick my kids up at 3. 
So I'll probably just leave early and be like, oh, hey, I need to do something, get my kids picked up early, and then I'll just be able to watch the rest of it. Hoping for a Deontay Johnson to outscore the Pittsburgh Steelers defense by six points. That's all I need. That's all I need right now. I feel like I'm asking for a lot, though, unfortunately. It's going to – I'm going to lose. I can already feel it. But, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. It, it's looking to be – I guess I will say the one thing – well, I mean – I don't really think that. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense in our league scores an average of six points, and they're going up against a Baltimore Ravens offense, and I don't think either one of us is expecting to do much of anything. Dobbins and Ingram are back now, so all those people that picked up Gus Edwards and threw him in a lineup because that was going to be sure flex-worthy points. That Well, now you pass the point to being able to fix. If they come back. We don't know for sure. I know they saw they They added him to the active roster today. That sucks. Good old Baltimore getting everything working for them. Like they haven't had anything else good go for them here lately. All right. So Seattle beats Philadelphia last night, 23 to 16. Russell Wilson, 14 points. Chris Carson in his return, 13. And the number one wide receiver there, DK Metcalf, 27 points. Metcalf is a beast and Carson looks solid in his return on the Seahawks in good shape to win the NFC West. First, let's start with if you're Jim Schwartz and you have to play defense against them, do you really want to come out before the game and say anything that could be misconstrued as a shot across the bow? I mean, he says he said, you know, I I played with Megatron. You're the best thing I've seen since Megatron, but you're not quite there. Nobody remembers that first part, pal. Only going to remember that second part. And certainly... He looked like he was trying. His day could have been bit better if uh, he hadn't seen Slay fall down and unexpectedly drop the pass when he was open in the end zone, too. I was yep. sitting there. But they they look really good. The Probably the biggest question, you know, we saw them be able to come back and beat Arizona after losing earlier. Need to do the same thing. I think they still have one game left with the Rams. Yes, I believe so. So that was another one that didn't you know quite go their way um but they they're certainly in good shape it has to be beneficial to them that the rams and the cardinals play each other twice down the stretch here um because you know that's going to be tough matchups for them those two teams are still trailing them cardinals now two games back rams are a game back um so it puts them in good position but they were in good position before and kind of had a string of losses that dropped them back. So they're, I don't think they're out of the woods yet, um, but they're kind of back to where we, you know, the end of September, I think almost everyone thought Seattle was probably going to win the yeah. NFC West. Then they had a little bit of a stumble, but they look like they're back on track. And more importantly, their defense looks better. It looks like they found something of a pass rush. It looks like their past defense is getting healthy. They got Jamal Adams back. He's been a, a, a difference maker. So Russell looks like he's kind of stepped out of that funk. He had a period of time where he looked a little bit more like Carson Wentz than like the MVP candidate we had seen in September. So, you know, I think all those are good signs. Yeah, their remaining schedule is the Giants, Jets, Washington football team, Rams, then 49ers. So really so there's those a last tough two. game. Yeah, I think well, I think San Francisco plays pretty tough. So you got the last two really is is 49ers Rams or Rams 49ers. I'm sorry. Um yeah, on to 
the Jim Swartz thing too. Uh, I'm kind of curious on why you'd say that when uh, last time these two played each other was in the playoffs last year, when DK Metcalf broke the rookie receiving record for over 170 yards on you. And uh, I distinctly remember him actually, I believe catching like a pass over the defender and then giving everybody the, the wave and pieces, the Seahawks walked off the field, knocking you out of the playoffs. Why well, you would even try and ins- I, well, I don't know if he meant it thing. as an insult, why, but why are, why are you talking to him pregame anyway? Like if you want to, if you want to say the most ill-conceived and misconstruable compliment in the history of time, that's that's a post-game thing. You know why, yeah. as defensive coordinator, are you going over saying anything that could to any of the offensive players on the other side? I I don't know. I mean, good for DK for whether he meant it as an insult or not for DK to take that and be like, you know what? I'm going to show you and then go out there and just have, have himself a day. Uh, I'm happy for him. I'm with you. They, we talked about it a little bit yesterday with the 49ers possibly having a chance to get back in this Arizona, having a little bit of a tougher schedule now down the stretch and really only being able to afford, I think one more loss with them dropping already to six and five. I don't think they can afford any more than one. So it's going to be tough to, to see what uh, it's going to be fun to see what the Seahawks can do down the stretch here. What's going on? I, so, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I do think that they are going to dev. I think they're going to win the NFC West. I don't think the Rams are going to be able to hold up. They're only what one game behind them now. Are they tied record? The Rams are one game back. They're seven and four The Cardinals are two games back six and five. I think, you know, I think both of us think that the Cardinals are and Rams are likely going to split. Yeah, that could be tough. If the Rams, you know, they would need Seattle then to lose at least one game if they end up splitting with the Cardinals, and they would need to win their head-to-head. They would need Seattle to lose twice, I think, really, to put them in a better chance to win because they'd have the tiebreaker if they won the game. Um, so that's, I think, what they – because I don't think either of us think the Rams are going undefeated the rest of the season. No. And they're already one back. So even if they went four and one, they would need Seattle probably to lose two more. Let's see what the Rams schedule is really quick. Uh, the game will go – the game will happen, though, Light. So there's yeah. no way – no positive test today for Baltimore. I think I think you're good. There's no way they postpone the game anymore. It'll happen tomorrow. Now they were only postponing <laughs> it to let uh, everyone right there back. with you, man. Right there with you. I'm literally the same thing in two leagues right now, and I'm actually very weirdly up at the same. Like I'm losing by. I'm sorry, losing by four in one and losing by six in another. And I have Deontay. They have the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. So I'm with you. I, I, I want I want Pittsburgh to win with whatever they Baltimore's been doing, but I, I need Baltimore to make it a game. And I'm not sure that that's going to happen. My biggest fear with tomorrow's game is going to be Baltimore, you know, keeps it close early. Maybe it's like a going into halftime 17-7 or something like that. And then Pittsburgh comes out and gets like, three quick touchdowns and then they just stop feeding Deontay Johnson and it becomes a running back game. And I'm just going to be like, ah, shit. Like I think Deontay's going to end up with like 10 to 12 points and it's going to be just short of what I need. I hope they do, man. I love Deontay. I've been singing his praises uh, as, as Matt can attest here too, for quite a while uh, on so this show. I I'm pulled up fan. the, uh, I pulled oh, up shoot. the Ram schedule for you. Okay. Yeah. I had it right so, here too. At Cardinals. Home for the Patriots, home for the Jets, at the Seahawks, home for the Cardinals. Cardinals. So three division games. And New England, to me, is a little bit of a wild card because they haven't been great, but they've gotten up for some of these big games. 
Oh yes, I re- I remember ISO has not been uh, not been fun in the games that. But hey, when Deontay's been healthy, he's been an absolute monster. So I'm I'm looking forward to watching tomorrow's games because I've got nothing else going on, and unfortunately, probably sweating and stressing out the entire game because uh, I need things that aren't going. Like if it was just hey, I need Deontay to get six points, I'd feel very good. I'd feel like all right, I got this in the bag. But to have to outscore. The Pittsburgh defense by six points is what I don't like uh, at all. Well, because it's a bummer because defense on a lot of places starts with like 10 points. 10, yeah. So if they don't face a significant challenge, they could six. And then you're talking about yeah, getting that's 12 exactly, points. That's exactly what I'm worried about. I've got, I mean, it drops fairly decently depending on points. But the biggest thing is they get uh they get points for sacks, interceptions, any kind of special teams or defensive touchdowns, and I just feel like there's at least going to be some sacks, probably some interceptions. So that's why I guessed at a, hey, let's say they average six points. So I was like, okay, they get 10. So I need I need Deontay to come through with anywhere from 14 to 16 points tomorrow, and I don't know if that's going to happen. But we'll see. We'll see. I guess, you know. At least I'm still in it, right? I guess that's the one I guess thing I could look at. I'd, I'd rather just be over with. But again, I was hoping he got canceled yesterday so that I could just take the easy win. That's not going to happen. On a Philly side, Wentz gets you 18, Miles Sanders 6, Dallas Goddard 20, and Richard Rogers 14. I will say I really hope that uh, the gentleman, I think it was Mr. Benson that was in here yesterday, I hope that he won. Uh, because the Phillies' defense did not really do as bad as I th- thought they were, and Miles Sanders did not do as good as I thought he was either. So I don't know if he actually won that game or not. But uh, well, yeah, it, he probably probably didn't because didn't he have to overcome a point? Uh, I think he was down two with Miles Sanders, and they yeah. had Phillies' defense. So no. yeah, I don't. I guess it would depend on. Well, they I didn't don't... get any turnovers, right? So I guess it would depend uh, on what kind of your what kind of negative points, like what kind of takeoff he got for them scoring the 23. I know mine, I think that drops you to four, I think. So he would have needed to get six. So he got 6.2 out of Sanders. So maybe he just pulled it off. We'll see if he, we'll see if he jumps in here at some point when we can ask him, hopefully it went well for him. Uh, but uh, what are you doing with Wentz at this point? You know, we we saw the reports yesterday that we were going to see more Jalen Hurts. He came out there for a whopping five snaps, which he's done pretty much every game here the past couple of games. Uh, do you think we see more of Jalen Hurts? What, what are you expecting out of the, the quarterback situation here? So, you know, that that's the real interesting thing. I don't think it was just that he came out for five snaps. He came out pretty early. I can't remember if it was the end of the first or in the second quarter. And it so you start – yeah. So at that point in time, Philly wasn't looking good, and we had all heard the reports. Hertz has yeah. been taking first-team reps. The owner said to put him in if Carson Wentz is struggling, if you're behind. That didn't really seem to happen, even though in the second half they were largely down. Um, but some curious plays, that that crucial fourth and four at the goal line, it, it's a terrible interception, but to me it looked like he and Goddard didn't have the same thought. You know, Goddard clearly is running a hook. He clearly was throwing a fade. So one of them was wrong. You know, those always look terrible for the quarterback, but was he the one that was wrong? What was the play call? I, Philly doesn't look good. I, I was listening to a lot of ESPN talk this morning when I was I was doing my work, and, you know, 
They lead the NFL in dropped passes among receivers. That's not good. They lead the NFL in different uh, offensive line combinations this year. That's not good. You know, we knew they were going to have an offensive line problem before the season even started. They started losing people. So Wentz hasn't looked great. Is it all on him? Is it there's something that's not great about their entire team? I mean, yeah. uh, Darius Slay they brought in to be their the answer in the secondary, which they haven't had in a long time, and he got demolished every time he was playing against Metcalf last night. So, you know, that didn't come up very big for them. They weren't getting a lot of pressure. They weren't creating a lot of plays. Their offensive players don't look like they're getting great separation. And then you see these kind of immaculate plays that that beautifully executed Hail Mary. I mean, two or three of their players could have caught that ball. Rodgers makes that play. They're kind of a frustrating team to watch. They seem like they're going to be pretty well out of it. I think they go to Green Bay now this next week. Yeah. Uh, you don't figure that's going to be a great get-right game. But that's also a reason, you know, even if you wanted to see what you had in Jalen Hurts, are you putting him in on the road in Lambeau? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a if you have a if you have the Green Bay Packers defense, uh, you're going to be sitting kind of pretty here right now, especially with the way that secondary plays. I would uh, feel pretty good uh, about that. Yeah, I don't. I mean, look, I, I we talked about this may have been last week or two weeks ago when uh, Doug Peterson came out and said that he does he's not going to bench Carson Wentz because he feels like that sends the wrong message to the team. I agreed with him then. I'm going to continue to agree with him now. I just don't see the point. I. I Again, I'm not at practice, so I don't know what Jalen Hurts is doing or how good he's looking here or there, whatever they're doing in practice. I did not think he was that great of a quarterback prospect coming out of the draft. Uh, I would imagine, especially with the weirdness of this year and everything, he probably hasn't gotten much better, at least in my opinion. So I don't know why you're throwing him out there. It's not like Carson Wentz is... Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Drew Brees, who's on the verge of retirement. You're trying to figure out if the kid you drafted is going to be your future. And, and Carson Wentz is on the, the bottom. Of, even if you guys don't think Carson Wentz is the future of your franchise, uh, you got him locked up for a lot of money. As we talked about, I think it's 50 million for his contract next year. You're not cutting him. So I doubt you're making him your backup at $50 million. So I just don't see the point. I really don't. Uh, if it's something you're wanting to, throw some weird little gadget plays in there for Jalen Hurts and everything. Well, guess what? You We hopefully will have a brand new offseason and preseason games next year that we'll actually get to do. Uh, so save it for that. Right now, the Eagles, as weird as it is to say, sitting at 3-7-1, are competing for the division. I would think you want to go out there and win your division. Now, I did hear a lot of people saying today uh, that there's a chance if the Eagles don't win their division that Doug Peterson may be gone, which would be interesting. It was only two years uh, ago that he won a Super Bowl. I mean, and they're talking about firing their GM and everything too. But you're talking about kind of a restless fan base yeah. to me. That feels a little bit like maybe an overreaction. But I mean, I'm with you. If if you know. They weren't incredible last year. It's been this is the third season removed from the Super gotcha, Bowl because okay. you had Foles uh, with that game that he lost to. Uh, oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The Saints, right. yeah. And then last year they were, you know, last year they had some they were just, struggles too. Yeah. I, if you're going to make a change, I might tend more toward the player personnel. But this is another, you know, 
it's interesting how Howie Roseman kind of went from somebody pointed this out on, on one of the morning talk shows. He went from a guy that you couldn't speak ill about in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, he could do yeah. no wrong to he's the worst GM we've ever had seemingly overnight, which, which is a little weird, but I think it's that Carson Wentz contract. Cause the thing is a lot of people, I think would be happy to move on from Wentz, but we talked about that contract's a poison pill from which you can't really move on next year yeah. unless you want to eat. What was, I think it was 54, 56 million. Yeah, I'm going to pull it up right now. I, I want to get the exact numbers. So really that's probably what has kind of, you know, they're probably annoyed that the coach said, this is our guy and bet on, on Wentz and let Foles go. Although, Foles wasn't the answer in Jacksonville. He certainly hasn't been the answer for the Bears. So I don't know if, you know, I think you're just holding on to something that maybe worked out better than they had a right to. So it's actually, it's a little bit less than that. I apologize. It's 34 million, 31, 36, 32. It would be their, um, oh, whoops. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Yes. Okay. My bad. The dead cap hit this year, if they were to go away from it, would be fifty nine million in twenty twenty two, twenty four, fifteen, then six. So the the earliest you're looking at is twenty twenty three, in my opinion. You're still, I mean, maybe if you can draft a good quarterback, you could have him be your backup at fifteen mil, and it doesn't kill you. Uh, but the only time I think you're finally comfortable letting him go is in twenty twenty three, when it's a six million dollar cap hit. Like you're not letting him go at fifty nine million. I, I can't even blame him my opinion for the contract. I, I don't think I understand that this year Wentz hasn't looked great, but there were times that he did look good last year. Again, mm-hmm. we talk about just, he was just a couple years removed from being in the MVP race. Carson Wentz has shown you flashes. I think the biggest issue is this offensive line has been absolute crap the past three years. And when you have a dude like that, who's already suffered with injuries with his back and his knees, you're letting him get beat to all the hell every single week. I mean, what do you expect? My biggest issue, I think if I was an Eagles fan, would be complaining about the fact that we passed on DK Metcalf twice to check JJ Arthago Whiteside, which granted I am a JJ or was a JJ Arthago Whiteside fan, but I had DK Metcalf as my number one wide receiver coming out of the draft. Him and AJ Brown, and you took JJ Arthago Whiteside. Who was the other one that they just passed on? Um this year, oh yeah, yeah, they passed it. Which uh, I'm not gonna call anything on this one because I love Jalen Rager, and it's been a weird year. I'm not gonna fault any rookies for being good or bad this rookie season. But then they take Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson, who, <laughs> I mean, Justin Jefferson has looked pretty damn good so far this year. So I think a lot of that's where the I think that's the ire that Eagles fans have is that he's really made some bad. And then again, you go right to all the the wide receivers that went in the second and third round and you go Jalen hurts for some reason in the second round. I mean that, and I I understand that, that I could understand fans being upset with Rosen, Rosen and Rosen was it Howie Roseman, right? Howie Roseman. Uh, Yeah. Howie Roseman. I could see them being upset with him and maybe letting him go. I still think Peterson's a good coach, although I would, I know honestly, I kind of question some of the play calling they've been doing the past couple of years as well. So it'll be interesting what they do. Well, I mean, from a so, Browns fan, if, if Stefanski and Barry were to win a Super Bowl, say next year, I'd give them like 10 year contracts and just let it ride out. But looking, looking at his stats, I would say the biggest thing, his completion percentage has come down a little bit, you know, it's 58.1. That's not great. It seems like the biggest struggle this year has he's thrown fifteen INTs 
versus 16 touchdowns. The last couple of years, it was seven against, you know, last year he had 27 TDs against seven INTs. But on the flip side, he has already been sacked 46 times in 16 games last year when they also had a spotty line. He was only sacked 37 times. So 46 times in 11 games. That tends to get into your head and push <coughs> push those kind of turnovers. And also when you get behind and yeah. you have to come back, then you're you're kind of forcing more stuff because you don't really have an option. So he hasn't he hasn't played very well this year, but I don't know if I think he's beyond beyond hope. Oh, and yeah, it was just I, last I year we were marveling at what he did with virtually no receivers. Yeah, and that's to bring exactly that team back and up. get them hit. Yeah, I mean, if you can get – that's the thing is I've seen too much out of Carson Wentz to think he's not good. Like like you were just saying, and that's what I was going to get to, was he did so well last year. He made Greg Ward a guy that we were thinking about drafting at the end of our drafts this year because of how good he was. And then they actually got him, again, a Rager. He, he's gotten other weapons around him, and yet that offensive line just doesn't give him any time to throw the ball. And I – I'm sorry, but I don't think he's as mobile as he was earlier in his career. Again, we've talked about he had back issues. He's gotten multiple knee injuries already. Broken some ribs. Because of how beat up he's got. Like, at some point, you've got to help protect the guy, and they're just not doing it. Now, I understand some of it's been injury, but I don't even remember the last time they drafted an offensive lineman or even brought in a free agent offensive lineman off the top of my head. It's been at least a couple years. They just keep relying on these guys who are aging and continue to struggle with injuries. Uh, Jason Peters, Lane Johnson, who the past couple years keep getting injured, keep not playing, keep making this offensive line bad. Now, when they're in there, great, the offensive line's good, but if as everybody always says, availability is the best ability. If they're not available, you've got to do something about it. So I don't think Wentz is going to be the issue. I just think they've got to, you know, I guess the best way to put it is draft better. I mean, because they've got, let me see here. I thought they were pretty high up on that list in available cap room next year. So, I mean, they, they have the ability. It's just getting, I guess, the the right players, which we've kind of seen they have not done, or at least Howie Roseman has not done a good job of doing here lately. Fellow cap space. All right. So, oh, no, 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 no. That's not what I wanted. Let's see if we can pull this up. There we go. Spot track. Where are the Eagles on here? Never mind. They are the lowest team yeah. on the totem pole with 21 million going into next year. And that's, of course, hey. depending on. Um, could be worse. Yeah. You could be Houston. Yeah. Uh, Houston's actually above them. I mean, they don't have any draft picks. They have no draft picks. They're only two spots above them at 30 million. So 30. Them, Minnesota. Then you got the Rams, Packers, Falcons, Saints, Raiders, Titans. So not, not, not looking good. Man, looking at some of these teams like, wait, there's no way. Cap space. Where's their available cap space? Oh, yeah, that is it. Golly, man. Indy, New England, the Jets, Denver up there, Tampa Bay. Oh, Pittsburgh. Of course, Pittsburgh's going to have a bunch of cap space next year. Son of a bitch. All right, anyway, so let's talk about waivers. We're going to have a a fairly short show today. Uh, So quarterbacks, you got Jalen Hurts, who we just talked about, if you believe he's going to get more playing time, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is 20% rostered. What are your thoughts on those two? You know, I, I don't really think I'm taking a chance on Hertz for the reasons that we talked yeah. about. Even if 
he does get a chance to start. Are you feeling good about putting him in? You know, they still have a brutal schedule. I don't think all of the problems that we've seen from Wentz are of his own making. Uh, Fitzpatrick's an interesting one. The real question is, does he keep starting? He seems when, you know, when he has started, he looks good in that role and he looks like he might have a better handle on that offense. Um, you know, the offense looks better, especially, you know, production. We saw better production from Parker and Gusecki and, and some of the guys, but you know, there's a lot of questions I have about whether they're going to go back to Tua, what his health is, is health the only reason that they wouldn't go. I can't get a good feel from Miami if they're seriously trying to make the playoffs or if they're seriously trying to see what they have and build their franchise. To me, it would make sense if you're once they put Tua in that they weren't worried about trying to make the playoffs. Yeah. But then, you know, I thought they pulled Tua because he got hurt, and he certainly seems to be hurt because he wasn't available to play this week. But they said they pulled him for performance reasons because they're making a playoff run. To me, those things might be a little bit at odds. And, you know, what shakes out there? I have Fitzpatrick in a few places. I haven't let him go for that reason. You know, I ended up actually starting him in a super flex league uh, last week when I lost uh, Locke and somebody else. I think he's not a bad play, but if you're desperate for a quarterback, I don't know that he's a sure play either. Yeah, I mean, I talked about this when uh, we were not sure last week if Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to get the start or not. I just don't think you can start either one of them because I don't know what they're going to do. Like, I'd be afraid to even start Tua now at this point because if they say, come out on Thursday and like, hey, Tua's going to be the starter and then say he starts struggling again in the third quarter, they pull him and put Fitzpatrick back in. Like, I would think that they're not going to keep doing that, but – at this point, I don't know, and and I, I don't want to risk it, especially being week 13. I don't want to risk putting two out there, and he gets you six points and then gets pulled from Ryan Fitzpatrick, and that might end up costing you a playoff spot. So for me, I think I'd rather run with guys that are more proven, even that means like a, a Baker Mayfield who hasn't been great most of the year. I'd rather take a for sure fire 10 points than, than maybe not get even that, so – I mean, if I had to go one of those two, I'm going Fitzpatrick in case he ends up, they come out and say, hey, he's still going to be the starter right now. Because I don't think that they pull him to put Tua in unless he gives you one of those like five interception games, which we haven't really seen out of him this year, surprisingly. So at a running back, we've got Cam Akers, who's rostered in 29%, Frank Gore, 25 Alexander Madison, 32 Devontae Booker, 9 Edo Smith, 1 and DeAndre Washington, 1% as well. So I think Cam Akers needs to be rostered in every league based on what we've seen. The Rams look like they're a team that at worst is going to be fighting hard for a playoff spot. He looks like he's the ascending guy there. The Jets seem happy to run offense through Frank Gore. Um, You know, he's had a couple of decent games. P Ryan, you know, there's no guarantee he even comes back the way the Jets are going. Uh, Madison and Booker, Really, to me, uh, you're looking at based on the starters. If I uh, roster Dalvin Cook, I I want to make sure and get Madison if he's there because I want that for the playoffs too. I think the same thing about Booker with Josh Jacobs. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because Booker may actually be the better of those handcuffs because we've seen him have some thriving success even with Jacobs there. Um, he yeah. looks like he's been a good fit in that offense. 
the hesitation I sometimes have with Madison is sometimes when Cook has been gone and it's been like, well, Madison's going to be our guy. You don't see a huge performance, but um, you know, when you're the starting running back getting a lion's share, it's worth having. Uh, Edo Smith to me and DeAndre Washington probably are speculative ads depending on the situation. We don't know if Gurley is going to be back. Edo Smith looked better than Brian Hill, but pre- prior to this week, Hill had seemed to be their kind of number two guy and the guy that had rotated in. Um, Washington, who I think both of us forgot was on the, the Dolphins, is it's if you thought Salvan Ahmed and Miles Gaskin were going to miss again, he looked like he was the better option over Matt Breida. But if both those guys are back, I don't think he has any value at all. And he wouldn't even be necessarily a handcuff I'd be trying to carry for the playoffs. So probably Akers is my number one. And then um, based on health, you know, Booker, Madison, Gore, if you're just looking for like a steady floor and not much upside. And then the other two, I'm waiting to see if it's even worth looking at. Yeah, for Edo Smith and DeAndre Washington, I feel like they're kind of afterthoughts for me. I, I would think Gaskin should be ready to come back. They were kind of talking about him hopefully being able to play on Sunday. So I would think by now, give it a week, he should be back. Um, I would flip for me Booker and Akers. Uh, while I, I like Akers, like what we saw out of him, uh, he only had 17 snaps compared to, I think, 40 for Henderson and 20-something for Brown, even though he looked much better than the other two. So I wonder if maybe this is a start in the shift and they allow him to get more out there. But if not, I don't know if he does the same with the limited amount of carries he got where Booker, we saw, um, at least I saw the reports where they're coming out saying that they think the ankle injury is going to be worse for Jacobs uh. than they initially thought. So I would think he's at least going to be out this weekend. If he's out moving forward, I mean, you just mentioned it. Booker's had almost like flex worthy value with Jacobs in. Now Jacobs is gone. We got Richard out as well. So Booker might be the guy. I mean, he can catch the ball. He could run the ball. We've seen flashes in Denver. We've seen flashes now here with, uh, with Las Vegas this year. I think Booker would be my number one, then Akers, then Madison. And um, again, Madison, I, uh, I don't know. I think if I'm the, not the cook owner, I'm not that worried about it because he did come back out there. And I just think if I had, if I ra- if I could get Booker or Acres first, I would go with those guys before I'd worry about Madison Gore. I, yeah, I'm with you. I just I feel like if I'm playing Frank Gore in week 13 to get into the playoffs or in week 14, like a winner go home game. I just feel like I'm just asking to get sent home. So I don't, I don't know. I, I get it. But I'm like, I don't, yeah. I'm just like, Oh man, I, I would feel so bad if I was having to start Frank Gore, but then Frank Gore for me. And then like I said, Edo Smith, I'm with you on Edo Smith and Deandre Washington. It's just going to kind of depend on, on how this and Hey, the good thing is, is we'll probably get some more news on those guys before anybody's waivers run because we have a game tomorrow now. So nobody's waivers can run till at least, Wednesday night. Uh, wide receivers. We got Kiki Kuti, who is rostered in 1% of leagues. No stills, no Cobb, and obviously no Fuller now. Gabriel Davis, who looked phenomenal last week. 3% roster with John Brown on IR. And then, of course, the man that everybody was drafting in like the fifth and sixth round this year, who was dropped probably by everybody, T.Y. Hilton. 38% roster. I still don't trust T.Y. Hilton. I know maybe that's me being a dick, but he would be my my lowest choice there. Uh, I feel I feel I still feel like it's an aberration. Um, but Kuti and Davis, I think, could be guys that really help you down the stretch. 
somebody beside Brandon Cooks has to catch the ball. I actually am almost wondering if now I'm more interested in Duke Johnson than I was previously too, because you know, when do you make the most out of a pass catching running back when you no longer have any wide receivers? Um, you know, I know if Dennis was here, he'd probably throw out a, a nod for his boy, Isaiah Coulter, who he's hoping is going to, you know, get some involvement uh, with Houston, but we've seen Kuti come in and have touchdown, have some success. I think he's a guy that you got to be picking up. And Davis has thrived with John Brown, but he's thrived, especially without John Brown. Um, you know, I think he's everything we hoped Isaiah Hodgins might be. Hey, 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 Isaiah Hodgins has a chance. He's on the IR. He's hurt. No, let's, let's, you know, let's calm down. Let's calm down. You thought the rookie wide receiver at Buffalo could get in and crack that lineup, and Davis just seems to be the guy that's managed to do that's that. That's right so now. That's right now. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I still believe in my guy, Isaiah. Yeah, I would you be Gabe Davis for me. I mean, he's had standalone value earlier in the year as well, not just this past week. Uh, he, he's been – He's had flashes whenever John Brown has been out, so I'd go him. Kuti, uh, I just I don't know. He's been there for a couple of years. We've never seen any flashes. I don't. I'd probably even go. I probably agree with you and just go Duke Johnson. I mean, I guess Watson has to throw the ball to someone besides Brandon Cooks. Maybe it's more Aikens now. We've seen him getting involved with the tight end position. Maybe they try and lean more on him. Uh, you know, I'm playing against Deshaun Watson next week, so I, I would be cool with him just shitting the bed if he wants. That's cool. Need to win to get in the playoffs, buddy. Anything you can do helps. So, uh, yeah, I'd go Gabe Davis, Kuti, then T.Y. I have an interesting one for you. I, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm sure he's not rostered. Probably right around the same percent. What about Kenny Stills, who is now a free agent? I've heard there's a lot of teams that are looking at trying to bring him in. Um, I'll even talk about one my favorite team, and there's a lot of talk that he, they might, the Cleveland Browns might try and bring him in to put him opposite of Landry to give them that kind of deep field stretcher. Now, if he goes to Cleveland, I don't know how much, you know, fantasy value he has. It seems like they can really only support one option outside of the running backs. But if he says goes to a Green Bay Packers or someone who was also looking for a wide receiver and, and before the trade down, like couldn't make anything happen. You know, if he goes to a team, let's just say that's offensive friendly. Would you have any interest in trying to grab him now uh, before he ends up landing on a team? Cause you are taking a shot in the dark. Doing that. Yeah. And usually in redraft, you don't have a ton of, bench spots it's not like dynasty where sometimes you have 20 25 bench spots and you can just hold a guy on a on a what if situation i i'm really just not uh you know i want to see where he goes i'd rather you know be late to the party trying to compete to get him than picking up and stashing a guy i i get maybe green bay would sign him but we've talked about before one of the reasons we thought they didn't make a move at the trade deadline is they like the guys they have. And it takes a long time to kind of build that rapport with Aaron Rodgers. Kenny Stills has always been kind of a boomer bust kind of player. They already have a couple of boomer bust players to me in Lazard and MVS. So then you're just adding a boomer bust into the mix. When my thought is kind of the same thing you talked about with Frank Gore is there a place in a week 14, 15 or 16 crucial playoff matchup where you're thinking to yourself, God, I got to put this guy in my lineup. Yeah, probably not. If you're in the playoffs, you know, those are the kind of things that the team's playing in the consolation bracket are looking at. Yeah. 
All right. So, uh, and then what's up, Dennis? Last but not least, tied in, we've got Trey Burton, who is rostered in 19% of leagues. I will say I am pissed about that. In my home dynasty league, I got outbid on Trey Burton by $2. And had I just gotten him, I would have actually started him. And of course, he gets you that seven points. So then all I would need right now is to do is for Deontay Johnson to just outscore the Steelers defense. Pretty sure Burton got like 13 points. Did he? It's fucking even better. See, I, I feel so a lot better about my work. In my, uh, in my work league, where I really needed to win, my two yeah. tight ends are Hawkinson and Andrews. So I had Andrews set to play. And uh, we, of course, find out he tested positive after Hawkinson played. So yeah. Burton was the guy that was on the waivers that I went and grabbed. And I stuck him in there. I'm like, this worked out. This worked out. Burton, for whatever reason, seems to have risen above Doyle and Mo Ali Cox. And honestly, I think he might even be a better option than, than like the guy we talked about yesterday at John or Smith because Burton seems to be getting – more consistent goal line looks. He's been getting a lot of touchdowns and uh, he's been getting involved in that offense. You know, if you're going to play a, a touchdown dependent guy, why not go for one that seems to be in, in vogue with the quarterback they're playing with? Yeah. Um, I said, I'm, I'm still a little bit bitter about that. Cause I feel like uh, come tomorrow afternoon, I'm going to be knocked out of the playoffs for only the second time in eight years in my main dynasty league. It's going to be, it's going to be a, hey, at least the good thing is we don't have a Thursday game, so I can probably just be like, fuck it, I'm not coming on Thursday, even though even though I do want to talk about, obviously, Mandalorian. I don't, oh, I'm going to be so mad. It's it's going to be a bad episode. Even, 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 should I call him by, I don't know if I should say his real name now. Let's wait. We'll wait, because so, I think a big part of it's going to be what, what our reaction was to said reveal. Baby Yoda, as cute as he is, may not be able to bring me back from the brink of destruction tomorrow if I end up losing. So, all right, me and uh, me and Matt will not be here tomorrow, obviously Wednesday. But enjoy these Steelers Ravens game, hoping for a good one. I mean, I guess the good news is too there was supposed to be really bad weather today in Pittsburgh. Looks like they avoided that for tomorrow's game as well. So, hopefully, we get at least a decent game uh, Wednesday night, and then you will likely see me and Matt again on Thursday provided I don't break my laptop and many other things in my house. If I end up losing and getting knocked out of the playoffs, we will be here to probably recap that game, any other NFL news. And then of course we'll do our Mandalorian talk as well until then. Enjoy. Um, in fact, enjoy- if it goes poorly, it might just be a Mandalorian. episode. <laughs> it probably is going to be just, I already have a feeling it's going to be just a Mandalorian episode folks. I'm so not Thursday, Tune in for the Jedi. I mean, that's true. We don't have a game to preview. So yeah. I'm not going to give two shits about that game because Pittsburgh's defense is going to score like 25 points and Juju's going to get me three. And it's gonna so be maybe, maybe a light recap of Tuesday. Uh, I'll let uh, you handle the recap. I'll be like, right, Matt's got this and I'm going to walk off for a couple of minutes and compose myself again because it's been a bad day. And yeah, it'll be. Awesome. All right. We'll be back again on Thursday. Good luck to everybody who has players still going in that Wednesday game. I hope that you guys are able to pull off the victory. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wall line already. And he's in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Only tackle in the corner. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? <laughs>